All right, guys. Uh, welcome back to another episode of uh, Hundred Books a Year with Kevin. Today, um, I want to wrap up our discussion on um, quote unquote um, HRV, right? Heart vari- variability uh, rate. No, HRV, heart rate variability. There we go. I got it. Um, today, I want to talk about a little bit more on the details on how that works with our brain functions, right? Brain physiology. And a little bit of, um, okay, how should we think about it? How should we approach this? Uh, give you guys a point of practice, and then we kind of go from there. So we've, we've always been very, very fascinated by um, the brain connection to the heart, right? Um, up until the 1960s and 1970s, we used to think that the heart-brain communication is one-sided. Um, so for example, right? Um, the brain will command from the heart, right? So like the heart only works um, taking command from the brain. It's actually not true, right? So right now, um, the latest neuroscience uh, indicates that the heart and the brain are engaged in a nonstop bi-directional dialogue, like 24-7. And our heart patterns, we kind of talked about it yesterday, uh, is erratic and is, you know, like disorientated, right? Like it's disordered. Uh, it might be, you know, 0.732 seconds per beat. And then when you inhale a lot, then that, then that might be, you know, at 0. 0.563, right? And when you um, exhale, it will be 0. 0.796, right? So it just depends, right? So um, our brain really, you know, in terms of the prefrontal cortex is actually really interesting is that our brain literally like they limit cognitive function when we are stressed, right? That's why we kind of uh, sometimes cannot sing, sing straight when we are like very, very agitated, when we're very, very frustrated, right? When our heart rate is up, that's potentially why. Um, so when your body, right, is in the rest and digest mode, right, with high HRV, then we're going to have more of a, a stable heart pattern, so in a sense, the higher the HRV is, the more efficiency of the prefrontal cortex will be carried out. There's going to be more short-term memory, more working memory, and then the ability to, self, to self-regulate, to self to inhibit negative thoughts, and then to make objective decisions goes up, right? So that is the benefits of a hard HRV. So there is an example I think are really, really uh, interesting here. So uh, the book author, I think it's like a performance coach, something like that, uh, you know, like a blend between a psychologist and then uh, therap- maybe a therapist. I don't exactly remember what was his like, title, um, but um, the author did a uh, coaching session, a 10-week coaching session with a university golf team. So... Um, beforehand, right, when they're measuring their heart rate, their heart rate usually goes up whenever there's time to take a shot, right? Like, you know, you know, uh, you know, I, I hit the ball. I'm not a golfer, if you cannot tell. Um, <laughs> and then the higher the heart rate after the shot. So before, uh, the officer worked with them, uh, the university golf team, their heart rate goes up and goes up again whenever they are taking the shot, right? So before the shot and after the shot. 
And after 10 weeks of working with the author, they see a less increase in the heart rate before the shot. And then they actually see the heart rate go back to baseline after the shot. So what that means is they're able to become more focused, right? Remember, we talked about it, right? Higher the heart rate variability, really positively correlated to the ability to carry on task. So they really just have a very, very nice up and down movement for HRV after the 10 weeks of training. Their heart rate is not just like beating like crazy 24 seven, right? Before, during and after shot. So what that does to the golf team is that they're more stable emotionally, right? Golf, like I know a lot of poker players, a lot of basketball players, they play golf. It really requires a, you know, a stable, you know, a frame of mind, if you may, right? Um, so with a higher variability with a university golf team, they are able to become less restrictive or feel less rest restrictive, let's put it that way, uh, prior to the shot. And then they actually recover faster between the shot. So what we mean is that when we have higher HRV, right, the rate, we actually have more stamina, more stamina, and then that correlates to the better golf performance as well. So let's touch on today one technique that uh, works really well according to the um, author. It's called belly breathing, right? So step one, okay, I'm gonna walk you guys through. Sit in a comfortable chair, place one hand on your belly and place, uh, and then uh, place another hand on your uh, chest, okay? Breathe normally. How do you feel, right? So for most people, their hand will be still because most people, they're trained to breathe on their chest. So there's not much but a belly movement, okay? Because the modern life trained us from belly breathing to chest breathing. Now, chest breathing is not very efficient just by physics, right? Like you cannot move your chest up and down that easily, right? We have a thing called a sternum, <laughs> right? That is, um, you know, a protecting our uh, part on our lungs and all that stuff. So it's hard to breathe or have a good efficiency in breathing when we're doing chest breathing. Now, place your hand on your chest, right? Feel that hand. Now take a slow breath and then you will notice that your chest movement is bigger than, it's, have, it, it's more dramatic than your belly movement. Let's put it that way, right? So the goal here is to flip it. The goal here is, to have your belly move when you breathe and have your chest stay still. Now, the second step is focusing on your breathing slowly through your nose and your stomach and generally expands up, then uh, push out against your hand. So if you put your hand on your belly, right? Just take a slow breath through your nose and generally push forward but generally, like, you know, like you intentionally push your belly out when you're breathing. Now, somebody might be self-conscious about it, right? Somebody might be like, oh, yeah, like, I don't want to show off my belly too much. But in this particular case, do it, right? Uh, step three, slowly exhale through a slightly open mouth. So take a deep breath from your mouth, expand your belly. Uh, 
I don't know if, if you guys can hear that or not, right? Take a slow exhale through your open mouth so that you can kind of use your belly as a pushing mechanism that push towards your, your spine on your belly, push inwards, kind of drive the breath out. So as you exhale, generally contract your stomach muscle and then move back to your spine. So exhale, you want to use your abs, use your stomach muscle to kind of facilitate that exhale through your mouth. So to recap, right? Inhale nose, exhale mouth. Uh, if you want to do a breath work, maybe do four seconds inhale, six seconds exhale. Make sure you put a hand on your chest. Make sure you put your hand on the belly. And you want to do belly breathing, okay? If you take away one thing from this episode, belly breathing beats chest breathing. And once you can do that, um, then you're going to have a bigger control or a better control on your heart rate variability. And you should be able to perform better as well. And I'm sure there are lots of other breathing techniques to triggers or improve heart rate variability. You guys can look into that. But today I just want to do a quick belly uh, breathing tutorial. Um, if you listen to the podcast before, right, the Huberman podcast, uh, we talk about the uh, physiological side, right? That is my go-to breath work uh, whenever I'm trying to calm myself down. And um, for the purpose of improving HRV, I'm, I'm going to try this type of breathing as well. All right, guys. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, share it with your friends uh, who care about uh, HRV. And then we'll go from there. All righty. Thank you. Bye.